welcome back to another episode of Stars on Fire. Uh, it's me, Mecca Woods, astrologer and author, uh, Sagittarian, joined by my awesome co-host, Janelle Belgrave. It is I, Janelle Belgrave. I'm an astrologer, acupuncturist, clairvoyant, intuitive, and rapt viewer of this <laughs> drama that is taking place between the royals. Yes, the royal family. <laughs> the royal family is burning it all down again. <laughs> <laughs> The War of the Windsors 2.0 has arrived and I am ready. I am a self-proclaimed Sussex squatty. I am here. We are in the ranks. The American squad is here. I'm sure the international ranks are at the ready because, bitch, it's been four years of this nonsense and it's time for it to be put to bed. Mm. And I don't know if Harry and Meghan are going to get that, mm. but um, I'm happy that they have the balls to say no, no. <laughs> now that we've beat your ass in court and got that money and we will be seeing that apology on the front page. Thank you. Um, we're going to talk about what happened because um, we haven't spoken our piece all these years because we were instructed by the firm to say nothing about the abuse that we were under. Mm. We have since moved across the fucking sea. <laughs> <laughs> right to get away gone back to to Megan's home state to mm. settle in and, and start a new life quietly and to do their philan philan philanthropic work and charity work but um it doesn't appear that the royal family is okay with that mm. And here's where we are. And um, I don't know. What do you want to do? Do you want to do like a, a brief recap of, of, <laughs> of everything? Because I remember that we went on the day of their wedding. We went to go see it, right? We went to the, right. the now gone Kellogg's um, store. A little pop-up shop pop -up that they shop. had down in uh, Union Square. Yeah. We woke up at the crack ass of dawn. In the rain, girl. It was <laughs> a nice day. <laughs> in cold it was very, very much london weather it was giving mm -hmm. us london weather um mm -hmm. and yeah we went downtown to meet up to have breakfast that was that was prepared by princess diana's former chef um, oh mm -hmm. yeah yeah um and he i forgot the chef's name but he gave us little stories here and there about like you know, what Diana liked to eat in terms of like, and it's funny because I love, so I love that because, you know, Diana was a cancer. Mm -hmm. And so of course her chef would talk about like stories about her surrounding food and like, you know, comfort snacks and things like that, um, that he would prepare for Harry and William, you know, mm -hmm. when they were kids. And so it, it was a cute little event, um, in, in being able to like watch that and have, uh, did you wear did you wear a fascinator? I did not. I didn't get dressed up. Um, but other people did. Other people who were there definitely got dressed up and had their fascinators, which was cute, right? This yeah. was like a real big celebration, it felt like at the time. And we were, I was excited. Um, I thought the wedding was beautiful. Um, to have Bishop Michael Curry, Michael Curry, I believe is his name, preaching about love and Dr. Martin Luther King and this little light of mine and stand by me. It was blackity black, black, black. And then <laughs> now standing at this point in time, we can look back and see that, you know, from the jump, these two were in troubled waters. Mm -hmm. and, well, I, mean, so I think I remember when we was watching the, um, the thing on tv the wedding and i remember telling you i was like i i was like i can't stand camilla 
because her face the entire time and she was like giggling and whispering to Charles and I was just like oh gosh this woman is awful yeah there was a lot of disrespectful behavior that was coming that we saw even then from the royal family um giggling between Camilla and Kate the the side glances the shocked faces I'm like y'all are supposed to be international diplomats like you're a royal family you're supposed to be able to go anywhere in the world and and adapt to the culture right Mm. and here we have a bride who's brought in her culture and instead of being poised and elegant as you would expect royals to be you're here snickering Right. And and showing that you think this is so weird, like essentially they were acting like, you know, school children. But I think school children would have better grace than that, to be honest. But basically acting like people who don't have any any kind of grace or social grace or common sense. But I think that was the heathens, first red flag. I think yeah. it's the word you're looking for. <laughs> you're acting like heathens. Heathens, anyway. right? Just uncouth, essentially. <laughs> um, so there was that. And then um, things just kind of unraveled from there because soon after, I think we're going to learn from Harry and Meghan that there were people inside of their camp, their direct um, employees, who may have been hired directly to undermine them. Mm, mm-hmm. And from the beginning. And I think now looking back, we can see that the motivation was to break up this marriage. And the intention was to make it so unbearable for her that she would leave and Harry would stay. Mm. Um, And this is coming out more and more through the tweets of various uh, British media members who have heard these things, I'm assuming from their friends or from the palace or whatever. But the intention was we're going to make it hell for her and undermine her and make it miserable for her so that she'll leave and Harry will just feel like, oh, it failed. And I guess he'll go back to being the third wheel. And eventually he would marry a proper English white rose. Right. But that didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you know, there's something to that. Um, I mean, of course, the astrology backs up, you know, their coming together and them sticking together through all of this, like, turmoil. Um, but, I, you know, I was just thinking about this because I was having a conversation um, with a friend of mine recently who uh, has been married for um, over 20 years, possibly close to 30. I'm not I'm not exactly sure, but um, her husband is um, terminally ill at this point Mm -hmm. and she this is um you know he basically is um her second husband so she got married for one um she got married one time uh that didn't work out and then she met the love of her life essentially Mm -hmm. and we were just talking because we were just talking about like how you know a lot of times when we talk about astrology and things like that and people are talking about looking for love and you know one of the biggest I think selling points of astrology these days is like compatibility and synastry and you know people trying to figure out like you know who has like the perfect chart you know to match my chart and you know all these things and I think that while like on some level astrology can definitely show us like where we can find the right match for us. I think sometimes people get hung up on this idea of like the perfect relationship, right? And not that you can't um, have a relationship that is perfect for you, but I think it's always important to know that like a lot, like all relationships are always going to be fraught with some sort of challenge. And I remember reading um, in this book by uh, an astrologer, her name is Jessica Shepard, um, whose work I love. She does a lot of stuff around like fifth house, um, you know, um, like partnerships and relationships. And she has a book called A Love Alchemist Notebook, which I really love, which is about like, how to use your Venus, you know, to basically attract the kind of love that you're looking for. 
And one of the things that she says in there about, you know, looking for soulmates is that when you finally find your person, it's not that things magically just fall in place into place, you know, like, oh, now we're going to live happily ever after. Um, She says that oftentimes, you know, your whatever like kind of problems you have that kind of just kind of graduates, you know, like, like basically like there's this idea that you as a person, you're, you know, you're both coming into the connection, like with your own baggage, your own shit, your own things that you're kind of like working through in addition to working with the, on the relationship together. And of course it always helps to have someone who's on your team, you know, who is willing to stick through it, who's willing to, you know, show up as their best selves. And I definitely think that we see that in, in Harry and Megan. Um, but at the same time, you know, your shit graduates, <laughs> you know, like you really are confronted with, your stuff and really having to like work through it, which is very uncommon from like maybe a more casual kind of like fifth house kind of affair where as soon as somebody's like real selves are sort of reveal, we're kind of like, all right, I'm packing up, I'm leaving, I'm out. And I was just thinking about that the other day, um, you know, in the kitchen and I was like, Jesus, like, Megan, <laughs> you like, I, my, <laughs> like hats, hats <laughs> off to her, you know, like, to me, that's love, you know, and you really know, like, cause I think I was thinking about like, you know, Harry and I was thinking about like what it would have looked like had he dated someone else or met someone else. I was like, I could probably see one situation where you can have a situation kind of like Kate and William where the woman, like, you know, like Kate's just kind of going along with everything, you know, maybe she, she, she doesn't like necessarily like it or even look like she does, but rather than rocking the boat, you know, or causing any like scenes or, you know, discomfort or, you know, bring down the wrath of the queen or whatever the case may be. It's rather, you know, it's more like, okay, you know, I'll just, you know, grin, you know, uh, grin and bear it, you know, like that's yeah. kind of a thing. Right. Then I was thinking about the flip side of that, of like, you know, meeting someone and them being like, nah, this shit is too crazy for me, <laughs> you know, and like running away. Right. And then, but then, you know, here you have Megan, who's like, no, like I'm, I'm willing to like, this love is strong enough for me to willing to like stay and and invest in it. And I think for me, you know, I'm always really skeptical and really careful of making celebrity relationships, like the epitome of, oh my God, like, oh, Will and Jada, you know, Beyonce and Jada, like, oh, you know, I want to be like this couple. Like I'm, I'm very, because I know that, again, like I said, there is no such thing as like a perfect relationship, but I do think that in the midst of all the things that Hagen, that Hagen, Lord God. (laughs) (laughs) That's their new name. Right. (laughs) I've blended the two together. You see, you see how strong their love is. I've, I've, I've I've melded the two of them together. Oh gosh. Mm -hmm. Um, how Harry and Megan. Hagen. Um, (laughs) how you know I, I just think that that to me I think is a, a good example of what it means to have a relationship or to find someone that you really want to invest in and like what um the strength of that kind of love can actually do um for, for not only the people involved, but for the people who are kind of watching that love blossom, you mm-hmm. know, and, and unfold. So for that, sure. that's my, that's my two cents. 
Um, I mean, for me, and the astrology backs us up. And I think it'd be really fun to at one point look at the astrology of these different couples and why they behave the way they do. Because it, this is, they're being themselves, right? Megan is a, a sun in Leo conjunct the North node in Leo with Mercury in between. Like this is not someone who's going to take down, who's going to sit down and take abuse very easily. You know what mm. I mean? Versus Kate is a Capricorn sun in the in the sixth house on the south node. So it's a very different energy between the south node and the north node in those two women. But besides the point, I, I think you're right in terms of, you know, leveling up in your relationships and the deeper you're able to love people, you know, the deeper the challenges can sometimes become because now you have this well to draw upon. And I think this that's why these two have been able to last as long through the fray of this because they went in with eyes open, I think. Um, I encourage people to go back and look at their engagement video because one of the things that always stood out to me was when Harry said, we're a team. I choose her and she choose me and whatever we go through together in life, we're going to do it as a team. And I think that's what we've been seeing from them so far. It's like, this is a dynamic, this is a duo that we must consider each other very well when we're fighting against, you know, our our, our mortal enemies at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also looking at their synastry and seeing how Harry's chart and Megan's chart, how they present these challenges to each other. So for example, Megan has a son in Leo, like I said, and Harry's Saturn is in, in Scorpio, square to her son from his, um, in my chart, is his 11th house with his midheaven next door. So it's kind of literal. My reputation, my the institution that I work for, my responsibilities, all that stuff has been Saturn to her, right? Has mm-hmm. literally been deadening her light for X amount of years they were in that family. Mm-hmm. That could have killed their marriage, really. It could have drove her insane. It could have drove her away. But instead, they decided to be a couple um, and plan together how to get through the challenge together. So, in reality, the the the, the <laughs> I really feel like the British royal family shot themselves in the foot mm-hmm. because in their efforts to break up this couple, they made them stronger as a pair. And now they have this like this hero story where people have you know they're a team now that people can cheer for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think we're seeing that in the press, in the media, um, online, especially that people are like, wait a minute, what's happening? Why are we hating them? Maybe we shouldn't hate them. And maybe we need to really examine what's happened to them because this could happen to anybody. And that's why I think I brought it to the show all what last year, maybe two years ago when we brought the, the podcast back, because I was like, this treatment is dangerous. It's dangerous to have a press, a media willing to bully individuals out of the country. And in some cases out of their actual lives where mm. people have been pushed to suicide because because the onslaught is so overwhelming. And in the case of Harry and Meghan, they have, they have money, they have power, they have friends in powerful places, they, they have privileges that most of us don't have. But to see them being attacked like this should be a, a major red flag for everybody because what happens to them at the top is information for what's going to follow for everyone else at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very important lesson to think about, especially now that we're in all this Aquarius energy and, you know, we're no longer in that Capricornian, the structure and the hierarchy and, you know, essentially the queen, because that's very Capricornian in that in that regard, the the old school structures that we go by versus Aquarius. It's like, should that really matter? Should we take abuse? Is this the way that we want to behave as a community? Right. And I think the royal family is finding that, no, <laughs> we don't want to do that. Right. Mm. We don't want to fund your lifestyles while you are selling arms to, you know, murderous princes and then accusing your daughter-in-law of wearing earrings. Like what? 
Like, girl, come on. <laughs> like, she wore earrings from the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. And, you know, he okayed the murder of Jamal Khashoggi. It's like, bro, no, she's never met the dude. Right. Right. That was a gift for her wedding two months in advance of the wedding presented to the queen. That shit belongs to the queen. Mm. And I because this is the quote unquote firm. This is the palace. This is supposed to be a well-oiled machine that knows what to do, how to handle all these affairs, right? They're, they're hobnobbing with, you know, dignitaries and, and royalty around the world. They're supposed to be the, the spokespeople for the UK. How are you and all this power and prestige unable to give the right set of earrings to the newcomer in the family so she doesn't make a faux pas? Unless you're purposely trying to set her up. Exactly. And then blame her for it. Mm. Because at the same time, the trouble with, <laughs> I really wish you guys, the, guy, the, the, the amount of lying and deception and deceit that has been going on for so many years is kind of mind boggling. Because in the early days in the media, they were talking about how the royal dresser, the woman who's in charge of taking care of the royal jewels, refused to give any jewelry to Megan because she hadn't earned it yet. So no tiaras, no crowns, no nothing except for those earrings. Mm. And apparently William had gone out of his way to make sure that Megan never got any jewelry because, you know, black girl's not good enough for all that. So it looks very weird that she would pick these earrings. Hmm. Hmm? And when you present this, people no, no, you're just reading into it. Sometimes you have to call a spade a spade. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, what else do you want? So we're going to hear, I think this interview on Sunday is going to be something Mm. or Sunday. Yes. Sunday, right? March 7th. Yes. Um, (laughs) And you're talking about the interview with Oprah, of course. The interview with Oprah, um, a two hour event. Originally it was an hour and a half and then they bumped it to two. Because, <laughs> because the, the because the the media couldn't handle it, they were like, "What?" <laughs> People's monocles were popping out the eye. They were like, "Sacre bleu!" Excuse me, what do you mean you're going to talk to Oprah? And she's Oprah, a, she's an, she's an Aquarius, right? She's an Aquarius, and so she said, "Come, my darling, come, my babies, come, come, right. come, 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 <laughs> come, right. talk to Mama Oprah about how these people <laughs> mistreated you, right?" Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, "There's going to be no hold bar, no questions will be held back." And apparently, according to Gail King, you know um, Oprah's bestie, <laughs> Gail's been on CBS hyping the the drama or hyping the interview upset, talking about you know they didn't refuse to answer any questions and the ones that they did refuse they specifically said why they could not answer mm, probably so, because of legal stuff exactly so you know <laughs> they don't have any here's the thing they don't have anything to lose right what right. are you going to do to them at this point right because it's interesting to think about back in the day 200 300 400 years ago these two probably would have got beheaded mm-hmm mm-hmm for disrespecting the queen and, um, you know, flaunting the, the heirs to the throne and outshining them and how, you know, listen, <laughs> just think about, listen, go through, I'll go through history and look at how these people have behaved in the past, right? You have sisters throwing each other into towers, beheading each other, wives knocked off like like the whole nine so i really am curious as to how this family have have believed themselves to be better than anybody else oh 
wow. Yeah, I know. I mean, things happen when you do shady things to contri- get, you know, to gain power, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to keep it, um, which is definitely something that is always been a part of the, um, you know, the royal family lineage. Um, but you said that you had a chart for the queen's coronation that kind of explained yes. this stuff, right? Yes. So a couple a couple of weeks ago, I was looking <clears throat> at the queen's coronation chart because I figured the queen's coronation chart would basically talk about her reign. This is her ascending to power. And this is talking about her, you know, her kingdom, essentially, how she wants to govern, how she wants to lead. <clears throat> and I thought about doing it from a perfection chart um, point of view, because I wanted to see what was going on in her reign, essentially. And when we're talking about perfections, we're talking about for each year of your life, or in this case, the year of or the life of her reign, is that we are inside of a particular house. So in this case, I believe her coronation was June 2nd, 1953. So I think this is what, 67 years for her of mm-hmm. rulership. So 67 years on a perfection chart would be the eighth house. <clears throat> And the eighth house is all about other people's money, taxes, death, the occult, bankruptcy, debt collection, estates, how we manage our estates, marriage and business partners, financial relationships, uh, especially with foreign nations, uh, legacies and losses, money of those who have uh, crossed over, public income and money, sex, suicides, and also tyranny can fall under that. And lo and behold, all of this stuff is coming up for Miss Elizabeth. Miss wow, wow, we wow. Wow, we wow, 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 wow. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, we got the pedophile son. Hey, where, where's Ooh. Andrew? Where's Andrew? Hey, here we are all crying about Megan's earrings. And meanwhile, uh, Andrew is friends with Jeffrey Epstein and Galay mm-hmm. Maxwell and Peter Nygaard and all these people. One is supposedly dead. Supposedly. We don't know. Hey, who knows where this man? is because hey you remember trump was in charge when he got arrested and supposedly suicide um and then we have uh who else Ghislaine is currently in jail still asking for to be released and she won't fly nowhere and they're like no and then <laughs> <laughs> and i think peter nygaard just got picked up i think in canada or someplace else mm-hmm. for as well and there's video of him basically cruising and trying to groom teenage girls off the Olympic teams to be one of his many girlfriends and essentially sex slaves. So these are Andrew's friends. Electric chair. Electric chair. Um, Then we got Prince Charles's issues are coming out where he also has some child sex abuse connections through the late Jimmy Seville, Mm -hmm. who was also a known pedophile and used his, I think he used to be a TV show with children. And I think he was using that TV show to essentially groom children to abuse. So there's that. And these people have been in and out of the palace, in the throne room, the whole nine yards, kikiing together at parties. And then we have Charles blocking people from owning land on his estates. So it's very eighth house. So other people's land, other people's profits, other people's money that he seems to have a lot of control over, including uh, foreign affairs and international dealings with the Saudis, selling them arms, right? Mm. And then who else? Who else? Anyone else in the eighth house? Oh, and then so the other thing about this perfection chart is that I started to compare it to the soul return chart 
um, for this year. So between June 2020 and June 2021, this chart is going to be in the eighth house. And when I did the overlays, a lot of the overlay was between the eighth house and the sixth house. The sixth house tends to do with our day-to-day -day activities, our nine-to-fives, as well as our servants, our staff, the people who work for us, our employees. So you can imagine all of this leaking is coming out, all of these secrets are coming out through the staff. A palace source said, Megan was trying to eat a baby. <laughs> Essentially, oh what's been happening, and they're leaking to the press. <sighs> Ciao. So, <laughs> because Drama. the main, and I'm sure we're going to hear all of this on Sunday, but what I think is probably going to come out is that the people in Meghan and Harry's uh, staff that was given to them by the palace were actively working against them and trying to either break them up, undermine their projects and leak against them to the press to make their lives difficult. Mm. So they're accusing her of bullying now, but I do think the bullying was actually happening from her staff. Mm. Just gaslighting. What, what do you mean? Why are you freaking out, Megan? Oh, this is, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Well, I mean, you know, good for, again, good for Harry and Megan for them being smart enough to kind of see the bullshit for what it was. Um, to me, I feel like that's a kind of an eighth house kind of thing, too, of like being able to be vulnerable with someone um and seeing all their seeing them and all their shit and still being able to be like nah you know i still fucks with you mm -hmm. you know what i mean um yeah very much of a, a us against the world kind of connection there yeah and i appreciate that i appreciate their their love and how they show it. I think that's also something that's deeply threatening to a right-wing, seemingly fascist dynamic that's taking over the UK. The UK the UK still has their version of Trump in charge. They still have Boris Johnson and his den of fools. Like they are, they're a clown car of corruption and ill repute. Like they are like Trump, essentially, essentially. Mm. So that's the government system over there. And apparently the crown is okay with that because this is the government that they have people who agree with this ideology working in their palaces. Mm. So those mm. people are instructing what they're doing. And I can't help but not believe that, you know, this must be what they believe too, because they're the, the people who work for them are doing it in their name. Right. Yeah, of course. Right. The shit always rolls downhill. Yeah. So this whole thing, no, it's the, who is she talking about when she's talking about the firm? She's talking about all of them. <laughs> all of them. The, all of the firm. I'm talking firm biz to your baby. Right? <laughs> like everybody from the top down, because the queen and Prince Charles could stop this if they wanted to, but they have yet to come out and say anything. Mm. And uh, it's really kind of disturbing because I'm just like, Charles, this is your son. <sighs> you know, I can't stand Charles. Right? <laughs> oh, no. Here we go. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you see, Janelle knows me. <laughs> go she ahead. knows me so well. Um, first of all, I want to talk about how, you know, we, we spoke briefly about this kind of offline. But to me, Charles is such a nothing. <laughs> like... Like he has just a nothing kind of a presence. And I feel like on some level, it's kind of Scorpio because it's kind of like, you know, in the shadows, you know, kind of like not really sure 
what he has his hands in versus things that, you know, he actually does. So it was kind of like an enigma. It's a mystery. Is it there? Is, you know, is it, is it live? Is it Memorex? Like, um, remember that old school, <laughs> the old school video? Wow. Like, um, I, I took it back, uh, old school commercial, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, like, I feel like the only time that we ever really hear about Charles in terms of him doing anything is if it's in proximity, like it's it's about the people in proximity to him, right? Mm -hmm. So um, especially the women around him, whether it's his mother, whether it's Camilla, whether it was um, Diana, the only time that I can remember where there was anything going on where he was like actively doing something and it was like in like out in public was the was the um you know the cha- the the cheating scandal right oh, between mm-hmm. like the you know him him having Camilla as a as a mistress and he just has like this and, and for him to be a Leo rising too I'm just like guy my guy like you giving us a bad name here bro like you <laughs> you have no charisma no no pizzazz no charm and then and, and then you say that he like has is like a mars jupiter person yeah, or something and sagittarius in the fifth for me no no, no? <laughs> he lying <laughs> <laughs> i want to see i've they i'm like did you guys fabricate this chart so he oh, can see no. more more spectacular than he really is he just he just has such a nothing presence to me and i hate it well, here's the thing. This could, this is the beauty of astrology too. This can really talk about nurturance, right? This is the chart that you were given, but was it nurtured to the best of its ability? Clearly mm. not really, because a Leo rising with Jupiter and Sagittarius, this man should be so confident, right? Mm-hmm. And he's not, he's never really been. And I think that boils down to his family who raised him. Mm. And we know that the royal family's intimate family dynamic has been pretty shattered in a lot of different ways. And I, I don't, mm, I'm not trying to blame anyone, right? Like this is what happens. This is, this happens to any family. Things happen and, and life changes. Elizabeth wasn't planning to become queen as young as she did because her father died very early. He wasn't planning to be king. He was a second son. All of this was not supposed to happen, but it did. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't seem as though these children were nurtured to be confident in themselves, because if you're a prince, you're the heir to the throne, you you have the whole world at your feet. I mean, how do you nurture someone to be healthy and confident and not a dick and also not passive aggressive and weak? Because this is a man who was jealous of the wife he didn't love for being shining brighter than him. Right. Right. It's just like, you don't even like her like that. Be like, why do you care? <laughs> <laughs> why do you care so much like this this is making your life easier had he let that woman rock and do her own thing and not have been fighting with her he probably could have continued with his affairs and she would have been living right now doing her own thing right but no right it's the jealousy and we're seeing that repeating and none of us want to see anyone get hurt again you know like that would probably traumatize another generation of kids i know i was traumatized by princess diana's death i'm only a year younger than harry i was like what about my mom Right. Like Mm. to to know that your parent could die so suddenly. And here's a fucking princess. She should have all the protection in the world. How is this happening? Mm. So I really hope that Charles will at some point in time rein it in and figure out to not repeat this mistake with his son. Because Mm. I think they would destroy the monarchy at this point. They already have. They're already tarnishing their own reputation by acting like this. Mm. I hate it. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, I hate it. Thanks. 
I mean, it's sad because now the, the whatever drama he had with his wife has now passed down to his sons. Because the other rumor is that it's William that's behind the majority of this um, attack. The, the gossip. The gossip, the uh, undermining. Because, you know, similar to his dad, if you're being raised as you're the most perfect boy in the world and you're going to be king one day and no one can stand against you, what does that do to you? It's giving scar. <laughs> I gotta be honest. But it's the reverse scar, right? Like <laughs> you're you're the eldest. You're going to be king. Harry doesn't even want the position. He's literally moved across the sea to get away. I feel like this is also something a Shakespe- a Shakespearean play. Mm. <laughs> I feel mm-hmm. like I'm trying to figure out which one it was. Was it not was it King Lear? I can't remember. I read so many of them when I was in college. Um, but this for this also feels very like Shakespearean in, in many ways too. But I mean shit, human beings. See, that's the thing too, right? Like I feel like sometimes and you kind of had raised this point, Janelle, um, a while ago when you did that segment for, um, was it uh, Vice News? Mm-hmm. And they were talking about astrology and birth charts and things like that. And you had said something to the effect of like, because um, I think the the reporter um, or the journalist had asked you something of like, you know, well, what do you say to people who are like, you know, they're like the charts making everybody like, you know, everybody having the same chart and there not being enough like diversity in terms of like how people, like how human beings like live their lives, right? The complexity. And you had said something along the lines of like, well, maybe you're not that different, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Very sad bluntness and I live for it. Uh, but but it also makes me think about how like there's nothing new ever new under the sun. Yeah. You know, everything just kind of repeats in a cycle um, time after time. Um, but yeah, sorry, go ahead. That was a kind of a tangent. (laughs) No, and that's a good tangent to go to because I'm sure if we were to look through this family history, we would see, you know, this theme repeating over and over and over again. The most recent would have been these two's great grandparents, um, because we're talking about, I think King Edward VII, I believe, which is Elizabeth's, Elizabeth's father and his brother who stepped down to be with Wallace Simpson. Mm. Um, there wasn't a rivalry, but it was definitely a family dynamic where, you know, there was a disruption essentially and how they handle it was essentially they, they pushed, I mean, there was a good reason to push this brother away. I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head, but, um, they pushed him away because he was also involved with Nazis. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Hey, the thing is that the mountain battens are originally, um, they're Germans though. Right. Their their name is uh Sothic uh Cox. I can't remember, girl. I there's too many <laughs> names. Um and I've been watching so many of these videos, but they have a very German uh last name, but they changed it at the turn of World War II, or was it World War One? I? I can't remember, to to blend in with the other Brits. Mm. So there is this kind of thing of like, you know, changing themselves and you know, deceiving and all this kind of intrigue within the family. And it's it's terrible to see, but their family is no different than anybody else's. Because remember, Megan's family got drawn into this stuff. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Even even for Megan herself, like dealing with her, what was it, her father and was it her, her sister? And I think or, a brother too. A, I think yeah, that was like <laughs> writing letters against her and like trying to also paint this picture of her being like this horrible person um, and them trying to like claim the spotlight for themselves and just a lot of narcissism, just, just a lot of nonsense lot of going narcissism. on. And to think, this th- I mean, this is malevolent too, because to think about this, they used her father against her 
essentially. That mm-hmm. whole letter debacle that went down, she sent that letter to her father privately with the expectation that he would see it and respond to her because he had stopped taking her calls. He didn't show up to the wedding, had supposedly had a heart attack. To this day, we don't know if that's true or not. And then proceeded to go on TV to attack her after that. And so she wrote this letter at the uh, behest of the staff, I think, the staff that was secretly backstabbing her. And then they proceeded to take that letter and sell it to the media. And the media took it and cut it up and made it seem as though she had abandoned him. Mm-hmm. And he went along with it. Yep. Right? Like, if that's not a, a, a trash family dynamic, I don't know what is. But to think someone else's family went out their way to make that happen in yours, mm-hmm. just to get rid of you. That's wild, right? Like that's a different level of just like, wow, seriously? And to think and to think that you have the power and and the uh the right to do it. So I'm very excited for this interview um, because most people thought that they were going to keep it pretty cute. But now that she has pretty much said that um, the press was work, sorry, the firm was working against her. um, It seems like they're going to go in. (laughs) And I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited because this is, you know, we need to have balance. This is hopefully going to inform us going into the future, thinking about the Sagittarius and Gemini eclipses that we have going through. Um, you know, now we're in Pisces season. So, you know, all these eclipse triggers, right? <laughs> I know Mars is in Gemini. Right? Word, words are weapons now. Words are weapons. It's, we're really seeing how do we deal with the press? How do we, we have to think about how we talk about ourselves in the world. Because at this point, the press can be weaponized against anybody. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be true. Right. Yeah. I know. I've been watching these videos with... um those deep fake videos, mm-hmm. which is so fucking scary. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another thing I hate. Um, and I, I don't know if anybody's like, I guess a lot of people know what deep fakes are, but basically it's these video manipulation um, um, things that I've been seeing where they can make someone's face look like someone else's and it, it looks like super real. And the only way that you would know that it's not the person is if you look really hard and you kind of know like what to look for um, to kind of spot like the glitch or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think there was one that came out recently um, that had like Tom Cruise's face in it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. Yeah. There needs to be rules and regulations for that. That should be a chargeable offense. Like say you were to write an article based upon deep fake um, data or information or, or imagery, what that could do to people. If you say, oh, you know, uh, Mecca was at this place at this time and I saw her and here's a photo and this and the other and off of her head, that's dangerous. Yeah. And and I think I think, you know, with the I always I had uh we spoke about this a little bit before, but I still maintain that I think that the Saturn Uranus Square is definitely going to um put a lot more of these tech tech pros um in the hot seat in terms of like ethics and responsibilities in terms of like how technology and AI is used, you mm-hmm. know, because it's been a free-for-all. Yeah. You know, it's it's been a free-for-all and you know, from the information, you know, being manipulated to data to, um, you know, privacy issues and spying and just, it's just too much. You know, every other day I'm getting an email alert that 
my fucking <laughs> I have to change my password on my fucking uh Gmail account because it's been it's been spot like the password is like on the dark web. I'm like, oh great. Jesus. <laughs> I'm just like Jesus. enough. Oh my Enough. gosh. Well, I will say this. The what seems to be positive from this whole thing is that these two have broken away. Harry and Megan have broken away to start their own uh foundation, um, nonprofit. And they've been just they've because of their experience, they have decided to take up the charge with certain organizations to help understand how to essentially heal this kind of stuff. And some of the people that they have joined up with are the Center for Compassion and Altruism Research and Education out of Stanford. And it's uh, working with people that works with groundbreaking research and education on techniques for developing compassion and promoting altruism within, within individuals and society. And then also the Center for Humane Technology, which is trying to understand the direct link between technology and its effect on each of us online and off. The Archwell Foundation will continue to prioritize this critical work. So at least from this disaster. Yeah, because some of y'all motherfuckers need home training. I don't know, like, (laughs) y'all be talking people crazy on the internet, like people won't fucking pull up. Anyway, let me go, let me stop. Anyway, I'm sorry, Janelle, go ahead. Like, y'all fucking out of your minds. And, you know, hey, sometimes that's necessary. Sometimes you do need to pull up and be like, do we have a problem? And I think this is what this interview is. Do we have a problem? (laughs) Because I'm going to pull up right now. Like, you are going to get all of these words, my guy. Like, Like, I thought a bitch said something. I thought I I heard a squeak. What? (laughs) What? Because what? today they were accusing this girl of hissing at her staff. Oh my lord! What is and she I, a cat? I, listen, I burst out laughing. Hissing. I was oh like, was lord. it like a snake hiss? Was it, a, or was it like a, like which cat woman? Like, come on, guys! Like, this sounds absolutely fucking ridiculous. <laughs> like, she hissed at her staff. All right, sure. Um, I'm, what, imagine how mad do you have to be as a human being to get to the point of hissing, girl? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's some deep instinct. If you were like at somebody because they pissed you off, um, I doubt that happened. Now they're accusing her of spilling hot tea on someone. <laughs> She threw tea at someone. If Meghan Markle threw tea at someone, this would have been all over the news. Don't care who was paid off to keep it quiet. Are you kidding me? Anyway, um, I'm definitely will be watching. Will you be watching, Mecca? I'll probably catch the highlights. You know me. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, I'm a a blast. You missing out. (laughs) I know. I know you're going to give me the highlights anyway. Yeah. Um, so I wish them luck. I hope that this will settle the field, but I don't think that's going to happen. Just looking at Harry's chart and Megan's chart, um, they're they're getting ready for a fight. Guard your girl, knuckle up. Knuckle up. Um, I'm confident that he is prepared because, you know, he's an ex-military man. I'm listen, people and people keep talking about Megan, but the real threat is Harry. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, he's the real threat to the, to the whole the whole kit and caboodle. I'm like, listen, your man is a ginger. You know you gotta watch out for gin- gingers. Harry's the real the motherfucker you need to watch out for because he's the one who was raised in this environment. He knows what's what. 
<laughs> right? He knows where all the bodies are buried. Listen. And we already know that his family are his main secret enemies. And now he knows too. And it's funny because he has Mars and Sagittarius mm-hmm. and Mars and Gemini is, is coming to oppose that Mars for him. So Ooh, about he's, real he's about to get locked and loaded. He's about to be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I thought, and he's a Mercury in Virgo. In the ninth house square to this Mars Uranus, girl, he is ready to start popping off. I love me a Mercury and Virgo. Very, very succinct receipts at all. (laughs) He's been taking names. And I'm just thinking about when that that last thing they did during their farewell tour, Mm. when they were at the Commonwealth and she was dressed in that green dress. And they oh. were walking out. Oh, you mean when they when they murdered everyone? <laughs> when they did when they did that drive by? Okay, yes. that's right. When they were like, you could have had two bad bitches, but <laughs> you were flops. Um, <laughs> Jesus. When they were walking out, and Harry was his eye. Whoever was in his line of sight should have been dead <laughs> because my man was plotting murder. <laughs> And I'm very wary. I'd be I'd be scared if I was the family because this is a man who doesn't care anymore. Mm. What else can you take from him? Like you've the your mom has been essentially killed. You've you know done your duty, and now you've found happiness, and your family is shitting on you. Mm. Nah, it's okay, Harry. I think the, the majority of the world is on your side. So go forth. We we got your back. <laughs> All right. Yeah, all all the best to them. I I hope they um, I hope they kick some ass. Honestly, yeah, and congrats on the new baby to be. Right? Do we have a due date? Uh, I think they said late spring, so I'm thinking it might be a Gemini baby. Oh, might be a Gemini Cancer baby. I don't I don't know. It would be weird if it was a Taurus baby. I don't know. But baby Archie does have the moon in Gemini and a Mars in Gemini. So it might be. <laughs> busy, it, busy, 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 busy beaver. His first word was crocodiles. Like, of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> of course it was crocodile. Oh, <laughs> the, mercurial children are well, so fun. Venus, Mercury, and Aries conjunction. Come on. Ooh, crocodile. Sharp yeah. teeth. And crocodile. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, you want to talk about some music? Um, did I want to talk about music? I don't know. I love music. <laughs> um, no, I I was just tweeting um about the last uh verses that came out um what was it, a week ago, mm-hmm. uh, where D'Angelo performed and he performed alone, and it was the first time that they ever had an artist um doing a versus that was solo and I was I thought it was such a fitting thing for D'Angelo because he is um an Aquarius son and I was like of course an Aquarius would be like I'll do it alone I'll go out there I'll I'll I'll, you know I'll set a a trend um my hope is that if they do like because um I know people have been trying to get like uh Swizz and um Timbaland who are the producers of Versus to get Missy on Mm -hmm. And my thing now is like, well, if y'all doing solos, then Missy doesn't need to bring anybody because I, I feel like Missy Elliott is um is in kind of like a class of her own, you know, like she produces, she writes, um, she performs, you know, like she sings, sings like she's yeah. like a you know she's like a triple threat in so many different ways, and you know her she's just she's just so iconic in terms of like her career, um, you know, from where she started all the way up until now in terms of like 
being a woman in the hip hop industry and never really like conforming to sort of like, how can I put it? Like the superficial sort Mm -hmm. of like ideal of like the way a lot of like men in hip hop, you know, try to get um, women rappers to conform. And that's not to say like, you know, like, like the Megans and, you know, Lil' Kim and Foxy and, you know, Nikki, like, I don't think that they, I don't have any issue with like women rappers, like, you know, twerking and shaking ass and, you know, like using their sexuality as a means to like empower themselves and like playing around with it and having fun. Right. Um, but I do think that there has definitely been, um, and you see it now, like a lot of backlash. You know what's crazy? I want to talk about this for a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm on a tangent for, but I want to talk about how motherfuckers were losing their mind because of WAP, right? Because Megan mm-hmm. and Cardi put out WAP. And do you know that there is a fucking rap song out here right now called Throat Baby? Yeah. And Basically, if for anyone who has not heard this, this, this fucking, I heard that shit, my fucking wig almost melted. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? And you know, I consider myself, I don't think I'm a prude. I mean, I definitely am I'm a lot older than I, than, than I used to be. So like, I guess my tastes have, have changed, you know, as a result of that. It's funny because like my daughter will be listening to stuff and I'm like, oh my God, which I'm pretty sure my parents did to me. So it's, it's yeah. funny. It's funny kind of being on that, like that line between like being like young and hip and also like an old and so, (laughs) and not, and not as hip. And so anyway, um, yeah, this fucking song is about basically, you know, giving someone, uh, you know, semen into their throat, throat babies. And I was like, and there was no, and then, and no, and no outcry, no outcry, no outrage. Somebody even made a TikTok, um, with, their son asking them what that song was and them like making the joke about like oh you know they were saying coat baby <laughs> like oh it's cold outside you need your coat baby and, and <laughs> like oh okay <laughs> like what oh, no. i mean the, i mean the tiktok was kind of funny but it's also like yo y'all hey. were making think pieces and and youtube videos and all this about how hip-hop and the the, the children of the future are being destroyed all because some women got on a record to sing about their own vaginas. Yep. I'm tired. Because sex only belongs to men and women are only to be here to be of the service of men and their desires and women who are sexually liberated are clearly crazy because women don't like sex. Right? Because <sighs> that know. was the mantra for how many generations? For a very long time. It's very, very draining. But, but I will say this. On a more positive note, this is kind of a side, aside from music. Um, I will say, I'm trying to figure out what the astrology of this. I feel like maybe it might have something to do with Chiron and Aries um, in terms of like, you know, trying to heal toxic ma- masculinity or at least, you know, at the very least get away from it. Mm-hmm. Um but I've been noticing that there has been a lot of conversations as of late being had by men, primarily black men, um, famous black men, primarily straight famous black men who have had like a long history of like um, trauma, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
who are now coming together with each other to talk about their trauma and to talk about it, right? So to give you a couple examples, the most recent example, um, I watched the, so there's this, there's this podcast called I Am Athlete. And it is a podcast that's hosted by four uh, ex-pro football players. One of them is um, Chad Ochocinco. And the most recent episode that aired a couple of days ago was about um, the guys getting together and talking about like why hypermasculinity is a problem. They were also talking about, because um, I think what spurred the conversation was apparently um, last month, I think, or in, it was either, I think, no, it was February, like around around the 15th or so. There was a, another ex-football player who was found dead in a hotel and, it, and apparently he had been dead in the hotel for three days without anybody knowing. Mm -hmm. Um, He was young. He was a young guy. I think he was like in his like late thirties. And so um, they, I don't, I don't, I was kind of Googling around trying to figure, no, I don't, I don't know if there's like a cause of death, but basically, you know, um, amongst a lot of like the ex-football players is the issue of CTE, right? The brain damage and like how um, because of them repeatedly uh, hitting their heads, you know, in this high impact sport, it has led to um, some significant da brain damage, which has been linked to, you know, their men mental health issues, you know, from mm -hmm. like, you know, suicides to domestic violence to alcoholism and drug addictions and, you know, all these other things. And the thing about CTE um, is that it's not detectable until the person actually dies because you can't see see the brain damage until you know they've 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 passed on mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so anyway fast forward they were talking about this and the reason why they were talking about this was because it was one of those situations where I just talked to him he was just fine just a couple of days ago and now he's dead mm -hmm. and so they were saying that like um I forgot I forgot I don't know everybody's name on the show. I wish I did. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm not a sports person at all. I'm not a sports <laughs> guy. Um, <laughs> I just, you know, watch things. But anyway, there was one one of the one of the hosts. He was talking about how, um, you know, it, it. He thinks it's so important for men, you know, to talk about stuff and how, like, basically, they're socialized. Like, men are socialized not to talk about the stuff that, um you know, men are socialized to suck it up, be a man, you know, um, grow, grow a pair, you know, all of that man up, you know, all of that stuff that is supposedly linked to being like tough and brave and like, you know, the machismo. And so as they were talking, it took an emotional turn because Chad Ochocinco talked about how he just lost his mom, um, hmm. a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And, um, he, became visibly like he was crying, you know, um, on, on the thing. And I, I felt, I felt like I felt it, you know what I mean? Um, for sure. And I felt, and he was, just, and, and I was also looking at Chad's chart because, um, he's a Capricorn. He has this big, uh, T square between his son and Capricorn, his Aries moon, um, which is also tied up with Jupiter and Chiron in Aries. Um, and also that Jupiter Chiron moon that he has is opposite Pluto. 
um, mm-hmm. in your chart. So it's a big T square between Sun, Pluto, um, and his moon, Chiron, Jupiter. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about his relationship with his mother. And he was saying that it was a relationship that was very difficult. You know, mm-hmm. he was saying that it was a, a relationship that, because um, he he basically was raised by his grandmother, right? So mm-hmm. his mom's mom um, mm-hmm. raised him. Mm-hmm. And he said that over the years, eventually, like him, his mom were able to kind of get to a place where they could be civil to each other. But he said that one of the things that has been on his mind the most um, lately, especially because like the last thing you you guys have to watch. I don't want to give a whole whole way, but but basically like the last thing that she said to him, um, she was like going off on him, like cursing him out about something. And there was a part of him that was saying that like, that made sense for their relationship. So he wouldn't have expected like this lovey-dovey thing from her. But at the same time, he said that, you know, there was also several times when he was trying to like get her together so that they could work out the the differences between them um, without her like flying off the handle, which is rep- definitely represented by that moon Pluto opposition um definitely you know moon chiron you know the wounded um the wounded feminine like Mm -hmm. or somebody having the mother wound right so like someone who doesn't feel nurtured someone who um and also anger yeah right because he was like his mother like was very very angry and would like go from zero to 60 um and and then him as a capricorn son being square to that trying to trying to get that nurturing you know from mom um, but not really getting it. But but also what's, it was interesting is that like because he's a pro, pro football player, um, that is definitely where he got a lot of attention from her, from the achievement, right? Capricorn, mm-hmm. the achievement, mm-hmm. the achievements. Um, so it was interesting to see how that shows up in his chart. I don't know what her birthday is. Um, I I think that I, I don't I don't even know if I try to look it up, but it definitely shows up in his chart for sure. And the fact that he is a Chiron in Aries person. And Chiron is in Aries now, you know, and for him to have that emotional um, outpour, you know, on camera, talking about his pain, talking about, you know, this idea around nurturing and, you know, being a man. And there was one thing, too, that he said in it that I thought was really interesting, because um, at one point someone had asked him, he was like, you know, do you feel like you are OK? Like, are you really OK? Because he was like, I'm OK. You know, I'm I'm, pro- I'm still processing, but I'm all right. And they were just kind of going back for it. But I just thought I just thought that that was um, a really powerful um, segment. And I appreciated what they had to say. Um, another example that I've seen um, has been with now, granted, you know, Van Jones is an op. <laughs> He's an Jesus. operative at this point. Um, but he did do a really good interview with Buster Rhymes uh, a, cu- a couple of months back. I want to say maybe like maybe December or so, um, if not a little later, so somewhere around there. Anyway, and he spoke to Busta, who is a big fave of mine. I love Busta so much. He's a Taurus. And he definitely is an iconic Taurus in the sense of like, he's always been himself. Like he's always pushed the envelope in terms of rap and hip hop, like just doing all kinds of crazy outfits and, you know, like crazy video sets and like just always like taking these risks um, which is true to, to Taurus, you know, because they have that Aquarius like on the midheaven, right? So they're always like doing things like innovative. And also too, like when we talk about Taurus, I know Sam talked about this a lot of just like them, because they're they're so firm in themselves, everybody kind of has to move around it, you know? <laughs> so, um, 
so yeah so and Buster talked about like he opened up you know he talked about like his relationship with his father mm. you know and so like Buster comes from a, a typical West Indian background where mm-hmm. it was like um I think his father I think I think Buster is a junior so it was like I'm Trevor like Trevor senior you know and it was Trevor junior and I was supposed to take on you know, my, my dad wanted me to, to be like, I think his father was like a plumber or an electrician or something like that. And he was like, my father expected me to basically take on the family business. Like that's how it was supposed to be. And he talked about like, you know, the relationship that he had with his dad and, you know, like that whole, like, again, the nurturing thing and how he is trying to be a better father to his kids, you know, in terms of like supporting their dreams and, you know, not trying to get his kids to like follow in his exact footsteps. And I just, I just thought that that was um, a really um, a good interview to watch. And then last but not least, one of my other faves, um, Mike Tyson, (laughs) who has a, who has a, I love Mike. I, I really do. He, he definitely is one is, I would say like with Mike, he definitely, um, has done uh, he's been doing work you know to try to heal mm-hmm. and like make amends for for the things that he's done in the past and I will say like you know I know he's a cancer son with a Sagittarius moon so mm-hmm. he gets people on his show and he's always giving them like these inspirational lectures about <laughs> life you know and and it's, it's, so, it's, it's so, so cute he's so cute he's so crazy he's, he's, and when I say crazy like from from a place of endearment like he's just so like funny in terms of like the like his tangents you know and and so his uh, his show his uh podcast is called hot boxing with Mike Tyson and you know they get on there they smoke weed you know <laughs> and just sit around and talk and and there was one episode in particular that I was watching that that um that I thought was really interesting where he was talking to Lil Boozy mm-hmm. who's a rapper who's been in the news lately for saying like really transphobic homophobic misogynistic things um who clearly, you know, you just looking at Boozy and like knowing where he's coming from, like knowing his history, you know, this man is just like a walking, you know, trauma case. Basically. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, talking to um, talking to Mike, you know, Mike was like pushing him. every time like Boozy was like, oh, you know, trying to give him like that fake like, you know, I'm just a man, you know, you know how it is, pimp, you know, like like that kind of energy. Mike was like, no. <laughs> No, <laughs> no. At one point, at one point, like Mike was asking him, you know, when he was talking, when Boozy was talking shit about, um, uh, I, I believe her name is Zaya. Please forgive me if I'm getting the name wrong, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Um, Gabrielle Union and Wade, um, Dwayne Wade, Dwayne, Dwayne Wade. Wade. <laughs> Wade. I'm like Dwayne Wayne. Um, <laughs> Dwayne Wade. Sorry. That's his name, right? I was like, is it Wait. No. Dwayne, yeah, Dwayne Wade, right? Right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I was like, is it, cause it's very close to Dwayne Wayne. I'm like, right, wait. Right. <laughs> is that um, the right character? <laughs> Dwayne Wade, right. So their daughter, mm-hmm. um, who of course, you know, recently, uh, within I would say like the past year or so, two years, I yeah. think now, Probably two um, years, who came I out think. as as trans, right? Mm-hmm. And so um you know, Boozy was like, oh, you know, d- 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 again, transphobic stuff. I'm yeah. not going to repeat it. But basically, um, Mike was like, basically, like, do you have feelings? <laughs> this is legitimately like when he was like, do you have feelings? And Boozy was like, yeah. And he was like, so you don't think about nobody else's feelings? You know, like, 
And he's like, yeah, but you know, I just be saying, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's like, it's like, he's like, yeah, but why'd you say it? <laughs> like, don't you ever think about being quiet? <laughs> like, oh. Mike was just like, oh, Yo, he time- was. He was a grand uncle. He was like, don't you have to like, listen. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? And here's the thing. And here's why I need for more men to like, why I'm happy these conversations are happening amongst these men and why, um, you know, more, I want to see more of these conversations because men know what men they can fuck with and what men they can't. You know what I mean? Like, unfortunately, like, and I know that this, I like, I, at the risk of sounding like kind of like, <sighs> promoting like that kind of like toxic masculinity I feel like I do feel like the only people at this point that can kind of check men on their bullshit are other men you know that's that's fair though that's completely fair and and I can tell you that in this conversation between Boozy and Mike Boozy was shutting the fuck up because he know like Mike Tyson still got it you know like he was like I'm not trying to like he was like because and even though you know like there was respect there in terms of like oh Mike I used to watch you you know you was like a hero to me you know like definitely like that big uncle like you said that big uncle energy Mm -hmm. but it was also on some level like yo if I talk slick I know Mike can like fuck my shit up (laughs) pretty much you know and so I don't know I'm like all I to say is i think the these are these are the things that i'm getting excited about um i know we started talking about music but that's fine that was the tangent that i had um, went on and that's where i'm at i think that's fair um and i i i'm wondering how much of that is part of this aquarian energy coming in where it's just like you need elders right in your community to sometimes check you to be like no we're not doing that No, you can't get away with doing that because from my experience of being a knucklehead like you, when I did those things, it caused a lot of harm, not only to the people that I harmed, but to myself too. And I I do, I hope, and I pray that this is going to be a change in the way that masculinity is going to be viewed in the future, because like, this is destructive energy, right? Mm. You are actively harassing and bullying and making life difficult for your fellow human being, regardless of their gender, regardless of their sexuality, who are you? to make someone else's life more difficult because you don't agree with who they are. Who are you? Tell Mm me, right? Mm -hmm. And half the time they can't answer you because they know it's not right, right? And so I'm hoping, like you said, that Mike is going to be presenting more, you know, stable influence and be like, don't be like me, right? Because Mike has a history and he can speak from the history. He abused women in the past, right? Wasn't it Robin Givens that got roughed up by him back in the day? Right. Um, and so right. on and so forth. And so right. between him, I'm I'm happy. I'm hoping that we're going to see a lot more of this masculine figure in the press and the news and the media that's going to be a little bit more balanced in and comfortable in their emotions, comfortable in their own femininity because men have femininity too, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You have both of those X and Y. You're supposed to have both. <laughs> You're supposed to find the balance between those two things. If you do, not all do, but that's the point. And this whole hyper masculinity is destroying this planet and it's destroying us. Like people are, are burning down their own families to maintain patriarchy and power. And it doesn't work. Look at the look at the fucking royal family. Is it working? <laughs> right. Is it working? Right. And you know, and this is why I also think that Harry is a big threat. Um, because he's presenting this positive show of I love my wife. I'm a feminist. I don't have to speak for her. In fact, she's gonna do this interview partially by herself because she doesn't need me to speak for her. All and, she and needs I- me to do is to be her husband and to back her up. And what are people saying? Oh, he's pussy whipped. Oh, he's he's pussy whipped. He's he's a simp. He's a this for loving his wife. <laughs> like, like, like wow, 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 loving your wife 
you know, without un- unconditionally being willing to be her partner, it makes you unmasculine, makes you uh, weak in the eyes of other men. That says a lot. Mm-hmm. Because that's also saying that you, you know, and this is going to get complicated because we're trying to be as inclusive as possible. But let's just talk about from a very hyper traditional point of view. You're saying to a man, it is, you know, you're supposed to take care of your family, your spouse. And so you're telling them that it's wrong for them to love and protect them. So you're also saying that families shouldn't be loved and protected either, right? Because that's what happens when we join with other people, we become a family. Mm. So basically you're saying is that we don't believe in love and we don't believe in family. We'd much rather burn this shit down, which mm. is where we are, right? <laughs> right. It's burning down. And now the earthquakes are starting to rock, which I did also say was going to start happening. And, you know, you're going to need family to dig you out of the rubble. Yeah. So I can, I think for me, I think that we're going to continue to see more of this like public outpouring of like men do finally (laughs) fucking finally and I say and I say more so like cis straight um men more so Mm -hmm. um than anything um fucking finally doing the work that we've been asking them to do for fucking god knows how long of healing themselves and doing the work necessary to actually dismantle this toxic patriarchal bullshit that has ruined and claimed so many lives. Yeah. And hopefully that extends out to women too, right? There are plenty of women or, or feminine identifying people who go along with a lot of this toxicity. Mm. And that uh, Did you ever watch that show I had asked you to watch? Um, I Care About You, is it? I care. Oh I, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I tell you, I also, I hated it. I don't just, you know, like I was very angry that this movie was made. Cause it was trying to be slick and provocative. Mm-hmm. And I just mm-hmm. found it that it was just more provocative, like provoking than, than anything. And I was just like, this is dumb. I hate it. Yeah. Um, I think that I care a lot is the name of it. And it's, it's starring our favorite crazy lady, uh, Rosamund Pike, who seems to love those kind of characters who are just off the wall and convinced that they have the right to be absolute sociopaths. Um, mm. Because that's essentially what this whole story is about. And she's an like, Aquarius. Is she an Aquarius? <laughs> Girl, it's just like, sweetie, could you play a different kind of Aquarius? Like, <laughs> Because the, 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 the pinpoint the coals, people... The coals. <laughs> cold-hearted <laughs> oh gosh i might eat your heart for dinner cold-hearted aquarius is a little bit tough right now <laughs> we might want to switch it up a notch um yeah because basically that whole thing was about how bad people commit to their evilness and don't feel anything about it mm-hmm. and proceed to make tons of money off of the pain and suffering of others and because they're living well don't seem to care either way right And that wouldn't have been a terrible message had there been an underlying call to action to not make that be the case. Right. (laughs) Because the ending was completely unsatisfying to to me. Yeah, it was. Fuck her. (laughs) I I know. That's that's not enough, though. (laughs) Right. I was like, y'all did all this damage. And that's how she goes out. I was like, if anything, that that was too easy. That was too easy. Like, because this whole setup is still here because we don't want to spoil anything. But the, the thing that she built out of her own evilness was so so much worse than what she was starting out as the way that she went out was not was not compensation for anybody at all and it made me really uncomfortable because i was like that's happening right now 
we just saw that shit in Texas, didn't we? <laughs> Where, you know, the power is knocked out and it's like, oh, well, oh, uh, well, like, <laughs> you fend for yourselves, peasants. Like, that's what it feels Ooh. like. And then, and I think there's, um, what, in Mississippi, there's been um, a black town um, going without water for the last three weeks. Oh, Jesus Christ. You know, so... We can go on and on about this, but yeah, this idea of like this apathy, you know, abject apathy, like, oh, if it's not happened to me, then I don't care, you know, mm-hmm. or, or this like get rich or die trying kind of attitude um, mm-hmm. that permeates everything. Um, it, it's, it's, it's time for it to stop. What really upset me about that was this idea that, oh, we're going to be, um, I guess edgy because they're queer women who are doing this oh, evil right. shit. Yeah. Oh, I was like, come on. Or, or oh, it's a little person doing this evil shit. Oh, and this is why it's feminist because feminine women can also be evil motherfuckers. This is like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is some real twisted. Like, I don't know what you're trying to do, conflating these communities with this evil shit. But I don't think this is the path to walk down. I yeah. don't think it makes you empowered as a queer woman to be a malevolent motherfucker. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's not feminism to me. You're not helping nobody. This Ellen. is right. No. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> To to celebrate it. Oh, I'm feminist because I can be a a bad bitch too. Like these motherfuckers who are killing people. Like, what are you talking about? And then, I mean, there was also things about it that was just like legitimately like (laughs) im-fucking-plausible. Like I I just had a hard time suspending my disbelief, you know, when it came to certain uh, scenes. You know, I was just like, okay, so now she's a superwoman now, like she's a superhero, like she's she's double oh seven. Right, like <laughs> give me a fucking break. You know, it reminds me a lot of um what you call it, my my favorite film to hate. Um, the, the Bonnie and Queen and Slim. There we go. Oh, <laughs> oh Bonnie, God. Bonnie and Clyde Queen and Slim. Um <laughs> it reminds me of that because it was just this, why did you make this? Yeah, it was it was just like it was just like like uh torture porn. Yeah. Know? Yeah, like this would have been different had the ending suited better. I think had, you know, I would have been, I think I would have been more satisfied had it been her meeting her end. And then at the same time, a montage of her company being raided by the feds and, you know, Peter Dinklage's character getting arrested. Like I would, that would have been better. (laughs) You know, I almost, you know, honestly, I almost feel like the ending was like an ending that was like tacked on. Mm. And the reason why I say that is because I almost feel like it was one of those situations where the writers or the writer was intentionally trying to make it like one of those, like, this is not going to have a happy ending. Right. Yeah. And somebody in the writer's room or maybe somebody at Netflix or whatever was like, no, we need to give this an ending or else people are going to be really pissed off. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it kind of felt like. It really yeah. felt like, like you can't, cause it, it, it remained, it made me it, like, it reminded me of some things that I learned, you know, back in um, college when I was taking like writing courses and things like that, especially like with like fiction and there would be things that we were trying to do. And like, you know, the professor would be like, no, like your reader is going to be really fucked uh, like pissed off if you jerk them around and jerk them around and then there's like no like payoff it's like it's like edging yeah. but also yeah. but but like 
unpleasant mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know like you're going to give them blue balls and shit um which isn't the thing but anyway <laughs> <laughs> because right before that ending they were really you know glamorizing up her success and all the things you know in the name of destruction because literally this woman is destroying families right with the, with this behavior destroying and it was really triggering because i was just like yo it's so easy if you have the people in the right places you could easily pull this off right and just ruin someone's life. So um, I need artists and, you know, screenwriters and directors and actors, please be a little bit more conscientious about the art that you're choosing, right? Not all the stories need to be told, especially not right now, because we're still in a very precarious place. And we're seeing how much art and media is influencing people. So if you're peddling this idea of you too can be a queer sociopath and ruin people's lives and it's cool because he gets you money, you have to follow up with some sort of, right? Some sort of uh, morality check. Like, do you want to do this? Because this is what you're doing when you do. Mm -hmm. And you remember that there's a community that you belong to on earth that you live on. And for you to be able to do such cold, malevolent, terrible behavior to your fellow man makes me feel like you should be on Mars instead. Like, <laughs> like, what do you want? Like, I don't understand. What are we trying to encourage here? We've seen the worst of humanity over and over and over again. Can we please put some art up that reminds people of the good shit that we do? Mm-hmm. Because we have to fix this mess, right? Good God, like we're so lucky. We're still on the edge of fascism in this country, right? The GOP is trying their desperate best to (laughs) knock down. To fire that energy back up, like, no. Like we, listen, we have to to stoke people. Like, listen, we're not out of the woods, right? We are still on the edge. And for us to be consuming this kind of art is dangerous in my opinion. And I don't want to censor anyone, but I do want artists to be a little bit more mindful about, because this is powerful stuff. You are help, you are shaping people's imaginations and what they're dreaming into existence. And if you haven't looked around, our imagination has given us this shit. Mm -hmm. Right? So many years of violence in our media and our press and destruction is dystopian. I know you love it, girl, but dystopian... (laughs) nonsense has led us to this dystopian moment could we please put some rainbows on the fucking screen huh (laughs) right can we can we do some you know brotherly man something holding hands in the field i don't know but (laughs) it can't be summer no (laughs) right no no (laughs) no sorry no 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 i haven't even seen that movie but i heard about it and i was like no (laughs) not that one no no i'm teasing um no no i get it yeah yeah i think we we definitely look like shit (laughs) we need to get the musicals because baby we are struggling yeah no, um, I, I, I agree. Um, <laughs> just even for, easy. even for me, the mm-hmm. dystopian queen, um, I was watching, what was I watching the other night? I was watching I Am Legend um, <laughs> for, for like the 35th time. Mm-hmm. It's not even that great of a movie. I just like the idea of like this man just being alone in New York. Why? <laughs> <laughs> just, just leave me. Okay. Just leave me to my. Just, just leave me alone. <laughs> on my avenue <laughs> my and just block. yes and just like i don't know well that's fair because you know new york city in the summer is one of my favorite times because everybody leaves and it's just like yes everyone's yeah. gone 
Um, yeah. Um, uh, what just... else have you been watching? Have you been watching um, WandaVision? Um, no, I'm not. I'm not up on that mostly because I refuse to pay for another streaming service. <laughs> Fair. I refuse. You're not going to get me. You're not going to get Well, I'm, I'm swapping with my brother. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's given me Disney Plus and I think I've given him HBO Max. There we go. Oh, nice. <laughs> so we, we have to get, make it a family affair. <laughs> Community. I love Community that. Community affair because baby, these, these $15 fees be racking up. <laughs> Child, Listen. <laughs> You might as well fucking just pay for the whole. Just pay for cable, girl. Right. <laughs> but is it cheaper than cable? I don't think so at this point. Um, it's damn near the same price, depending on how many streaming, <laughs> how many streaming <laughs> services you're getting, and then paying for the internet. Like y'all, y'all motherfuckers ain't slick. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, oh, that was a lot uh to cover. <laughs> um, anything else before we close out? Um, be nice. Be Stop nice. bullying. Be nice. Be nice. Try being nice for a yes. week and see how it makes you feel. Instead of responding with anger or sarcasm or a clap back, take a moment, pause and say, how can I be nice? Because right. you never know how that might change the situation. That's true. Or you can do like my girl, Jill Scott. We can just be silent. Right? <laughs> Silence is free. It's come. It's Pisces season. It's a quiet time of year. Yes. Um, float, meditate. You know, do some imagination working because when Aries season comes around, baby, things gear back up again. The fire's sure. back. <laughs> we'll be right. back, and so and we're gonna be right in working our way right into eclipse season again. Jesus. All right. Well. <laughs> Let's not get there yet. Let's let's make it through till Sunday. Let's see how the world is still standing. And then we'll decide to, what to do from there. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Sounds good. We love you. I love you. Um, be nice. Hug somebody. If no, distance. No, sorry. Mask on. Sorry. I'm for- <laughs> Pandemic. Um, be nice and be loving. Yeah. Yes. Ditto. Ditto. We'll talk to you soon. This music is by Marquise Hill please check him out at marquisehill.com. You can find me, Janelle, at soabove.com and at jsoabove on Twitter. And catch up with Mecca on mylifecreated.com and at The Mechanism on Twitter. We'd love for you to subscribe to our show, leave a review, and share Stars on Fire wherever you are on the internet. Thank you so much for listening to us today, and we hope to see you soon.